G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Philistines occupied Bethlehem, and David and his men were at the cave of Adullam. It was harvest time and very hot. David said he would love to drink some water from the well of Bethlehem. He was not expressing a command, just a longing. But such was the devotion of his men that they broke through the Philistine garrison and got some water to take back to David but he refused to drink the water. These men had risked their lives to fetch it. Instead, he poured it out as a libation, that is, a drink offering to the Lord. The drink offering was an offering under the Old Covenant and was poured out on an existing offering. The New Testament uses this term twice, both times in connection with Paul. It's here that we find the relevance of the drink offering to us. Writing to the Philippians, Paul said, If I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Paul referred to his life as a drink offering willingly poured out as a sacrifice on behalf of the Philippians. The drink offering then is a beautiful picture of one who willingly pours out his or her life for Christ. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thanks for joining us again today. This week we're looking at saints punching above their weight, spiritual warfare. And uh, Ken, you've been sharing us this week some of the courageous deeds of David's mighty men and it was a pretty brave thing that they did. You talked about just a moment ago, risking their lives to go get some water for David. can imagine the look on their face when he tipped it out. <laughs> it would have been fascinating. Yeah, There's some interesting teaching there concerning the drink offering too, representing someone who lays down his or her life for Christ, for his cause. Yeah, that's right, Phil. I, I mentioned that both times it's used in the New Testament are a reference to Paul. The other time, uh, apart from the one I've just mentioned, was right at the end of his lifetime, the very last letter that he wrote when he was in prison awaiting execution. In fact, the last chapter of that epistle, he said, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. So the drink offering depicts laying down our lives for Christ. You remember in Romans, we're exhorted to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. So when we are a drink offering, we're saying, God, my life is at your disposal. Whatever you choose to do with me to accomplish your purposes, I'm available and willing. This is my reasonable service. Mm. And we've been looking at spiritual warfare this week. and I guess this principle is uh, pretty important in that context. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things here. First of all, uh, it's the key to victory over the enemy. In the book of Revelation, we read that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. I believe that it means this, that they'd already uh, made that decision that, okay, if it comes to the crunch and I'm called upon to lay down my life for Christ, literally, I'm willing to do that. It's kind of like one of those scenes in a movie, you know, where all hope is lost and there's a group of guys and, and there's only a remnant, if you like, going against a big army and they band together and they, with gusto, say, to the death. Yeah. You know, is should that be our attitude? I believe so. Yeah, that's that's the life of a disciple. He's, he's one who's already taken up his cross and said, Lord, you know, my life is yours. And I give this my all no matter what happens. Yeah. So we're looking at spiritual warfare and it is a key to 
victory over the enemy, but it's also, of course, a key to fruitful service. Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So both references to the drink offering in the New Testament relate to Paul. And, of course, he was the most fruitful, we could say, in the entire history of the church. That would be my estimation. Mm, And Paul said a funny thing in 1 Corinthians. He said, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. I rejoice in my sufferings for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Now, that's a funny thing to say. Yeah, he said, I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. What does that mean? Well, first of all, he wasn't saying that our sufferings have got anything to do with providing salvation. Jesus did that perfectly. But rather, our sufferings are strategic in reaching the world and building the kingdom. Uh, we could say that Christ's suffering is the propitiation for our sins, but our sufferings are, the, are for the propagation of the gospel, or the, or the spreading of the gospel. God's way of breaking through enemy resistance is found in the laying down of our lives. And this is to fill up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. Now, we might ask, well, what's lacking? Um, There's another beautiful picture in Paul's letter to the Philippians. Um, He commends this guy called Epaphroditus when he was writing to the Philippians. He says, because he supplied what was lacking in your service towards me. (laughs) That might sound like he was really insulting the Philippians, like, you know, you really came short, but he made up what was lacking. Yeah. Yeah. But actually what it means is this. They actually provided this beautiful gift uh, of love to Paul, but he couldn't benefit from it because it wasn't brought to him. You know, it was all provided for, but somebody needed to take it to Paul. Mm. And Epaphroditus filled up what was lacking. Now, Christ, of course, has paid for the salvation of the world and, and his, his sacrifice uh, is all that's needed, but someone needs to deliver it to the world, the message. And in some cases, that will cost suffering and even the you know the, the taking of our own lives. Mm. Well, we know that being a Christian sometimes does mean that we're called on to suffer for Christ. But is what you're saying is is different to that? Yeah, suffering is more than the result of effective service for Christ. We know that if we do, you know, witness for him or, or work for him, we may actually pay a price for that. You know, if you don't want to be persecuted, you, you're following the wrong man. <laughs> he said, if they hated me, they'll hate you. Mm. But it's also, suffering is also a strategy. Uh, Jesus said they will deliver you up to authorities, but that is when you will testify of me. So in the very act of our suffering, we're, we're getting the gospel out there. Um, a seed falls into a ground, it may die, but then comes a harvest. Mm. And, uh, you know, we all know the story of Jim Elliott, the, the missionary to the Alka Indians in Ecuador. And um, he suffered, he, you know, he paid the ultimate price. And it wasn't until sometime later, after he died, that the full fruit of that that um, sacrifice was known. In fact, even the people that killed him came to Christ, you remember, mm. at a later stage. And that story is told in Through the Gates of Splendor, the book, and uh, the end of the spear, the movie. So you know, yeah, well worth looking up those too. I guess it, it comes down to our lack of seeing that big picture sometimes. And we'll see the suffering that we're going through now that God can use, but we don't see the way he uses it necessarily. So what does it mean, though, for us? Is everyone called to literally lay down their lives for the gospel? Well, of course, for some, it will be a literal laying down of their lives. Um, some territory that's in need of the gospel today, Phil, uh, especially in the 1040 window, is so hostile that Christians that go there 
do so knowing that they may just lose their lives mm. as they try to share the gospel because it's forbidden to do so and there's a lot of hostility. Uh, in fact, more people have died for Christ in the last 100 years than the entire history of the church. Wow. Yeah, the number of martyrs for Christ on average is around 500 a day. Today? Yeah. 500? 500. 500 a day, every wow. day. So, you know, that gives you some um, kind of um, light on that question. Will will it mean a literal thing? Well, for some people, it is a literal thing on a daily basis. Um, but, you know, there's that thing that the blood of the martyrs becomes the seed of the church. Now, for the rest of us who are not called to literally lay down our lives like that, and we don't know if we are or not until that mm. moment comes, but uh, the fact remains that we still reckon our lives to be dead to self and, and alive to him. So it's still a laying down of our lives. On a daily basis. Mm. Um, Paul said that, look, we've got this treasure, which is Christ's life, in earthen vessels. And it's like the precious ointment that Mary brought to Jesus to anoint him. Its fragrance could only be known when the alabaster box that contained it was broken open. And then, of course, its perfume filled the whole house. So Paul spoke of the fact that he poured out his life for the Corinthians, and then he said he was always carrying about in his body the dying of the Lord Jesus, so that the life of Jesus might be manifested in them. He said this, so death is working in us, but life is working in you. So often we're called upon to deny ourselves, can I say that, to reckon ourselves dead so that Christ's purpose might be made known through us. And this death process, if you like, or experience actually releases the very fragrance of Christ's life within us. So for some people, it's a literal thing. And for others, it's a daily dying to self. For all of us, though, it's that pouring ourselves out as a drink offering. Yeah. It's a different subject this week on Saints Punching Above Their Weight, and we'll have more tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.